Good morning, everybody. Hey, nice to see you all. Let's put my thing, my mask over. Okie doke. So, the gift that keeps on giving is Jesus. We're going to look at this subject slightly through the uh, optics of maybe our verse of the year as well. Um, our verse of the year, we started with uh, the, uh, the phrase, we look to Jesus to see the God who cannot be seen. And this was inspired from the verse, uh, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. So let's uh, take a look at that today. Uh, on the subject of 2020 vision, who could have seen this year coming? <laughs> I can't ignore it, even at Christmas. We, we have to understand the backdrop in which we're in. With uh, the changing of this and that, and the rules and the effect and the lockdown, it, it was a crazy year. And I know you're thinking, oh no, not more virus stuff, it's Christmas. So, let's start by giving somebody a gift. Hope you give. I have a... I don't know who I'm going to give it to, that's the thing. I'm just going to pick a random. In fact, I'm going to give it to... In fact, because I can see a family in front of me, over there, I'm going to give, ask Tom to come up and collect this, on behalf of him and the family. This is yours. Thank you. You can do with it what you like. Okay. But maybe you'll open it later just as a favour to me. Okay. But it is yours. It's up to you. You, you can open it now later. What do we do? You pick shy children. Do it later. Do it later. Do it later. That's fine. I feel really under pressure now. Nah. It's up to you. It's yours. That's the whole point. I'll invite you up later. We'll do it later. Do it later. That's fine. You'll be in the swing of it by then. Okie dokie. Well, that threw it up. Okie doke. So, at Christmas, we love to celebrate. We have advent calendars counting down to the wonderful time. We've got Cliff Richard playing on the radio and Slade. So all the signs that it's all the signs are there that it's coming. You've probably got a knot in your stomach because your debit card keeps doing this far too often, and all you can see is the numbers going up in your account as you're spending too much money. But it's kind of all worth it. It's worth it because the best part is you get to see the look on a loved one's face when you give them a gift. Hope you'll give. <laughs> don't miss the gift <laughs> now going back a long way now we're going to whiz back in the time before jesus coming there was about a 500 year period from the time of malachi the prophet through to the beginning of the new testament where there were no prophets speaking and the word of god was absent however much in the region was happening um, sort of politically and ge- geographically in Jerusalem and the surrounding, surrounding areas. Um, and we know the Jewish temple was rebuilt from about 515 BC. Um, the Samaritans also built an alternative temple about 64 kilometers north. 
Um, this is highlighted in John 4 when Jesus and the Samaritan woman are talking as well. And they say, sir, I can see you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you, you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. And as part of that conversation, um, Jesus says that a time is coming when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers that the Father seeks. People living in the area split into groups of various political and sort of religious and social with and so let's try to put my teeth in with social agendas and each interpreting the scriptures and of course each putting emphasis on different things and reading into them differently samaritans levites high priests scribes all doing their bit others come into the influence and uh, into the region and have a massive influence um alexander the great comes and goes creating you know a big influence on his arrival and his leaving and the void that left and in time the area we know as palestine comes under influence of greek-speaking solicit emperors who outlawed the jewish faith eventually the jewish people revolt and uh, win back their freedom all these groups are now free to practice their religion throw in some Pharisees and some Sadducees, and you have a group of people who are all waiting for the Messiah, but with so many different influences, and each group waiting for the Messiah to come that fitted their beliefs and their worldview, many didn't recognise him. Like the kid in the video, they missed the gift. Perhaps of all the changes and options, it's no wonder Surely we've been in very much the same position ourselves this year. Are we in this bubble? Are we in that bubble? Are we in tier one? Are we in tier two? Can I see this person if I've been with that person? It's um, all that information when there's so much going on sort of politically gets muddied. Um, Even though it's on the news 24 hours a day. You got one person with this opinion, this another person with another opinion, and and let's not forget, go to work but stay at home. <laughs> um, information becomes muddied. Now, even though all the people groups we mentioned had all the scriptures that pointed to the coming Messiah, all those familiar verses that we, we read at this time of year, they still somehow many seem to miss it. Let's just look at a couple of those verses now. We got. Isaiah 7, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And of course, that's quoted in Matthew as well. And it it normally says on the end of there that the meaning of that word Emmanuel, meaning God with us. In Isaiah, it also says in chapter 9, it says, for us, a child is born to us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. And then again in Micah it says, but you are Bethlehem, I can't even pronounce that, I ain't got my teeth in. Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old and from ancient times. Like the kids in the video, the gift itself was obscure to them under all the layers of expectation and history. But for us, it's much clearer, right? We've got the New Testament. 
I, for one, if anyone here wants to buy me a Lamborghini, can I just say, you know, I don't care what make or model it is, I'm, I'm going to receive it. That's fine. I'm going to have no problem with that. Uh, crazy stuff, right? The Christmas story is also full of people who see a gift, have been waiting for a gift, see a value of a gift, and are even jealous of a gift. Let's look at some of those people. Firstly, we've got Mary and Joseph. They love the gift, although maybe are yet to fully understand the, stand the gift. Because firstly, they love Jesus as a son and as a gift from God. And then maybe rightly so, because that was the role that they would have in this. We have the Magi. They see the gift of Jesus as a future king and come to worship him, giving gifts of gold for royalty, incense for a gift of deity, and myrrh, a spice for someone who is going to die. The shepherds, well, they were terrified when they were surrounded by angels out in the fields declaring the news of the gift. And the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. It says, suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with angels praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The the shepherds received this message of Jesus and the nature of the gift and in their response become messengers themselves as they go out telling others about this gift that's coming and what's happened. Then there was Simeon, a man who had been waiting for the gift, as the Holy Spirit had told him he would see Jesus, the Messiah, before he died. He was grateful for the gift, as as it was what he had always wanted. And in praising God, he reveals more of the gift by saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss, dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation for the Gentiles and glory to your people Israel. Then we've got King Herod. He heard about the gift, but he saw Jesus as only a rival and with jealousy and feeling threatened, sought to destroy the gift. What is our response to the gift of Jesus? Okay, so some years ago, I was at my sister's house for Boxing Day get-together. And we were having a lovely time. It was always good to catch up with my sister. I got two nephews. We had lots to eat, glass of wine, and we chatted. And amongst the gifts that the kids had received, they had some Star Wars-themed spaceship Lego or some description. Now, the lad calls out, can someone help me with it? And my sister, seizing the opportunity for five minutes' peace says, why don't you ask Uncle Paul? He'll help you with it. She threw me a glance with a gotcha grin on her face. (laughs) He ran upstairs and he he called me up and uh, he emptied his box and what looked like must have been a thousand pieces of of bits and pieces. Uh, To be honest, I was out of my depth. He was grabbing bits and he was instinctively putting them together. And... uh, 
I glanced over at the lid, and it says 11 plus, and I was like, oh, I, sh- I should be able to do this. Um, I think he was able, better able to do it because he already knew what it should look like. On the other hand, I wasn't quite so sure. I had a vague idea, but it was pretty sketchy on the details. I found out the instruction manual on what was at a much slower pace, but I found the pieces as directed, identified them, put them the right way around, and put them together in the correct place. Um, you know what it's like if you've ever, ever done uh, kind of put-it-yourself-together furniture, don't you? It seems, uh, as it came together, it, it started to come together well with the instruction manual and the, the, what my nephew Finn knew it looked like and he was doing it. It seemed all I needed was somebody who knew what they were doing and a guide to help me, the instruction manual. These two things worked together and they revealed the gift that he had received and allowed me then to fully put it together, interact with it and appreciate the gift. And I think here's the rub for us. How can we be sure that we don't miss the gift of Jesus? It can be easy to lose sight of him in this world that has so much unplanned happenings going on. Um, if anyone saw the news in the last 24 hours, they know that <laughs> you make plans and then they change. Um, there's no instruction manual for that, is there? Um, the Bible is very much part of our instruction manual. And... Uh, it helps us to fully realise the gift of Jesus. But do we have the person of Jesus daily showing us how all these pieces go together? The answer is yes, we do have that gift, but maybe have we fully unwrapped it? How do we avoid becoming like those who were waiting for the Messiah that missed it because of, of all the other stuff that was going on? Because we too are waiting for him again. Um, did anyone want to open that gift over there? Well, like the King family? Quite eh? We're quite polite, and so you said you didn't want us to open it. Well, it's entirely up to you. I also said it was entirely yours to do with what you will, but that's fine. <laughs> well, I was, I'm playing with you. I wouldn't let them open it. Yeah. Yeah, go for it. That's all right. It's only it's only for you. It's a silly little thing. Did you want to do it up here on camera, or do you want to do it where you are? It's up to you. It's entirely up to you. Sorry, guys. I put you in the spot, didn't I? Hello. I thought you were going to rip the paper off. <laughs> Come on, then. Come here and do it. So if you can't see, there's crackers and a little card game there, a little, a little, little silly little game that you can share, and crackers that you can pull together. It'd be nice as a, the family, you can have them around the table. 
And uh, is it like a little acting out game, a, a variation of a charades type thing? Thank you. Okay, thank you. Anyone could have had that. Um, the, the point is, you see, they had the gift all along. But they couldn't see the gift. It was covered. It, I did, it was theirs to do with what they want. They could have opened it straight away. They couldn't, could have waited. Admittedly, I said, what could you wait? Because it's more helpful to my sermon point to do it now. But <laughs> I did have a backup plan in my head just in case. Uh, however, we've all, uh, the, the gift is theirs. They had it all along. And, and that's kind of that way for us. When Jesus was born, the gift arrived. And each person on Christmas story has played their part in unwrapping and revealing part of that gift. Um, we're going to look quickly again. Isaiah, the character who we're going to remove one layer. He says, Emmanuel. He uses the word, he's, we will be called Emmanuel, God with us. Perhaps quite an overwhelming concept that we are never alone. Ever. John puts it this way when he says that the word became flesh and made his dwelling place among us. And in John 14, it goes on with Jesus' own words. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is with us and he is for us. He says, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. He has come to reveal the Father to allow us to see God more clearly. And that's fine, you may think, but have we seen Jesus? They had the flesh and blood Jesus. What Jesus do we have? Jesus reveals this himself. Further on, he's still talking and he says, but the advocate or the counsellor, depending on your translation, I think both words reveal a lot. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things And remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. That is an incredible gift. If we need not be afraid of anything in this world. So long as we keep our gaze upon Jesus. And allow him to direct our footsteps. In this fast-moving political situation of our world we're living at the moment, our relationships, all the things that we have, the difficulties, and in fact, you know, that we're all dealing with, we can start from a place of walking with Jesus, our wonderful counsellor and mighty God and a prince of peace. He will clear what has become muddied. We don't need to be like those looking for the gift and yet missing it. And finally, just from John, it says, And his, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That's huge. That we may know, and I mean really know, God and the Christ Jesus, who, he, you know, he's been sent. Uh When the angels declared to the shepherds that the gift is Lord, it says, today in the town of David, the Saviour has been born to you, and he is the Messiah, the Lord. And it goes on to say, glory to God in the highest heaven on earth, peace to those whom his favour rests. I cross-referenced the word Lord in my Blue Letter Bible, and it, um, it says, he is the possessor and disposer of a thing. 
the owner, one who has control of a person, the master. Is that what he is for us? If Jesus is Lord and we can know him, that means it's a relationship. How many people have had a relationship with someone they don't know? The answer is none of us. We have to know. And that's where I hit a bump in the road because whilst that's all well and good and nice biblical quotes and hopefully of sound doctrine, I can't quite write the next part of the sermon in a way because it's a relationship. How do you write about a relationship? You see, it's in our hands. The relationship's for us and for you. It's our response. It would be like me telling you all about the car we saw earlier. Um, it was a Lamborghini, by the way. A Countach. Now, the Countach generation was named the LP400, and it's a 4-litre V12 engine and was mounted lengthways with a maximum speed of 309 kilometres an hour. It had an acceleration of 0 to 100 kilometres in 5.4 seconds. I could tell you about its handling. I can tell you how well it braked. But it, it's not going to tell you anything because you haven't experienced the drive. It's something you can only do it for yourself. It's not like your Nissan Micra. <laughs> so without being able to share the reality of a relationship with God to Jesus, maybe in a meaningful, clear way, without it becoming um, like a professor talking, and, and I, can, I can, however, give you clues in what the Bible says about the importance Jesus placed on the, on the ideas of relationship. Firstly, just loving is enough. We see in the story Mary of Bethany. She gives us a perfect example. For whilst we don't know a huge amount about her, what we do know speaks volumes. We know that when she sat at the feet of Jesus and gave her full attention to him over any chores and over everything else, Jesus said only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and that won't be taken away from her. And then we see again, she is once again at Jesus' feet. She pours perfume on them and wipes her, hair, her feet of her hair. And in both cases, she is doing nothing more than being attentive to Jesus and loving him. Again, Jesus' response is powerful as he links this act to the gospel itself when he says, Truly I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Did you spot that? It's in memory of her. Her devotion and her love of him, her relationship with him linked to the gospel itself, surely it must be for an example to us as well. And then secondly, because you are a bride, the bride of Christ. That's how we are described in the Bible. That's important because it describes a relationship. Two people interacting with each other together. And of course, a bride is giving herself to the groom completely. And what that looks like will be slightly different for everybody, as we are all different. However, there are common things that are required in all relationships. Honest communication, sharing, emotional support, love, intimacy, compassion, 
acceptance, forgiveness, and being able to admit mistakes. It's no wonder the bride analogy crops up in the Bible to describe our relationship of how we should be with Jesus. As, again, it's all about relationship. And then, thirdly and finally, come to him. An example from Jesus where he says in John 7, Let everyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. It's Holy Spirit that is the Spirit and the Spirit of truth, Jesus says. But when he, the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak in his own words and he will speak only what he hears and will tell you what is yet to come. Jesus says he will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what will be made known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. This is relationship. It's something you almost worth reading several times. It's, it's easy to miss. This is a relationship. We are to go to Jesus, receive the Holy Spirit, and listen to what he would say and reveal to us and guide our relationship. And in the receiving of the Holy Spirit, the relationship through the Spirit, we are then also in relationship with the Father and Son. If we listen to that final verse again, it says, All that belongs to the Father is mine, Jesus speaking. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me and will make known to you. It's all about relationship. There's Father, the Son, there's Holy Spirit, and there's you. So the gift of the Holy Spirit is also the Son and the Father. And the reason this is at all possible is because of the gift of Jesus and the gift of Christmas. God becoming flesh as a human baby fully God and fully human, to live a sinless life and to die as a ransom for me and you. It means he's paid for our sin debt off. He's been raised from the dead. He returns to the Father who sends the Holy Spirit so we can have relationship with the one we worship and celebrate, especially at this time of year. So let's celebrate this. Jesus is our gift and many more things that we've looked at today. We may want to pursue a relationship with him for the first time and don't know where to start. Just look at Mary. She just stops, sits at his feet and listens. It's not difficult. We start from there. Perhaps we have a relationship and we just want to grow more. Maybe Jesus is a gift you once had, but somewhere along the way, you feel like maybe you've lost it. The Christmas gift of Jesus is here. It's been given and needs only be received. Just all we need to do is get tired, quiet, talk to him. And um, perhaps more importantly, get quiet and listen. And because from that place is the place where the peace and the joy, as well as the all other things that are promised for the Christmas story can flow. Then we can truly enjoy the gift of Jesus. Thank you.